Welcome to the Stabcast. I'm Dan Hummer. Hey, I am Mindy Hummer. And we're here for another, uh, well, not Sunday. We're actually here on a Tuesday tonight, but we're here on another beautiful day to uh, talk about some horror. Yep, another episode of Stabcast. Yes, ma'am. Uh, we're doing Last Night in Soho today, uh, the movie with yes, Matt we are. Smith. Uh, we saw this in theaters when it first came out, but we're also, now that it's on streaming, we decided to give it a rewatch and review it officially. Yeah, I mean, actually, when we saw it in theaters, it was for Daniel's birthday, and it was so good that me and him both looked at each other and said, when this comes on streaming, we have to review it. Yeah. So, and it just so. came out last week on streaming, so here you go. So here we go. Uh, do we have any news for this week, Mindy? We do have a couple of news segments. I mean, if you're following the Facebook page, and this really isn't a news for you, but First Kill, F, I'm sorry, F Orphan First Kill, the prequel, uh, it will officially be coming out on August 19th on Netflix and also Paramount+. Plus from what I'm seeing. It will no longer have a theater date. But I do believe that they're finally going to release it just for the sheer fact that we finally, finally have a trailer. Yeah. And we haven't had one all all this time. So now, now I think that we finally have a trailer. They're signing up with Paramount as, not, as well as Netflix. I don't think they're going to back out of it. So August nineteenth, orphan first kill. I'm I'm ex- I'm hesitant about it, but our mom is really excited for it. Um, also, uh, nope is going to be coming on its way to theaters, so make sure you're keeping your eyes out for that. They just uh, released a extended trailer about a day or so ago. That's true. Uh, Chucky season two is finally done filming and will be airing in October. Okay. I forgot the air date. Sorry, guys. You know, I slip sometimes. <laughs> and um, actually, scared. I mean, sad cats, I'm actually really, really excited for us because we got a lot of good shit coming this summer and, like, in October. Yeah. We got a lot of good stuff coming. I'm excited. It's going to be a packed full thing. I, I, I'm i very excited about it. But as in other news, the only other news that I have for everybody is that Kirby is officially a part of Scream 6. I'm not happy. <laughs> Why? She died. Because she died. 
Wes Craven killed her. He didn't die. He even said on the commentary track that he put in a twitch on purpose. I get that, but I hate him, Hayden Pensier. We all, anybody that knows me knows that. I, I have like a trifecta of ladies that I just, I don't like. And she's one of them, along with Miley Cyrus. Damn. I just don't like them. I, I can't, I can't, I, I can't put any reasoning to it. I just, I don't like them. And no, I was no. able to sit through her performance of Kirby, but I said to myself while it was airing, I was like, oh, God, please don't let her survive because I don't want to see her in another movie. And now she survived. And I'm sorry, if they were going to make her survive and make her come back, why didn't they have her do it in this last one? I agree. It makes no sense to me. It's been, it's been 10 years. Why... Why didn't she come out to help Dewey? She knew Dewey. She knew Dewey. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think they, I think they just want. I mean, I know this was probably the plan before Sydney left anyway, but they they're probably trying to throw in a bunch of stuff because uh, Nev Campbell's gone. So I mean, I know that's really sad, but I have a really big feeling, sad gasters, that we're not going to get Nev Campbell the flush. But I have heard that she is possibly going to either A, record fresh audio, or B, let them use her audio from the other films. To do what? Just a voiceover, maybe narrate the background or something. Exactly. A narration, a voiceover, monologue, whatever they can get. I don't want that. She's not, if she's not going to do it, just leave her out. Figure it out without her. I agree. I'm just saying they're they're thinking about that possibility. Okay. Um, they also, since Nev Campbell is not filming with them, they've also officially have moved to um, from Canada to New York City. Yeah. Yes, they officially made the jump. They were, I know they were teasing it a while, and we were saying if we didn't know or not, but they officially made the jump and. I realize it's because Nev Campbell's Canadian. That's why they were filming it in Canada. Because she lives in Canada. Right. So. Yeah, she she, does. Yeah, Sharon, she's she's actually a Canadian and a U.S. citizen. She has uh, citizenship for both. Dual citizenship. Yep, so that way she can work in between the two. If that ain't badass, I don't know what is. So, I mean, she's badass anyway. Um, And non-horror-related news, guys. Nev Campbell does have a new show that just came out on Netflix. Um, It is called The Lincoln Lawyer. She doesn't play a huge starring role, but she's good in it. Yeah, I mean, she's good in everything, you know. She's one of those. And this one, she plays a sarcastic, snarky ex-wife who still cares about her husband to a degree. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so, and like I said, it's complete opposite of horror, but 
we love Nev Campbell on this channel. We'll always promote her. We'll always support her, and that is something <laughs> that she is doing. I'm pissed. So, other than that, um, other than that, I'm good with the news. All right. Well, let's get into the movie, Mindy. This is directed by the great Edgar Wright. Uh, it's co-written by him too, and somebody else. Edgar Wright's Brilliant. known for. He's known for some great movies. He did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, he did Hot Fuzz. Uh, Edgar yep. Wright is a cult classic type director. I think he did Ant Man too. But I don't know. Yeah, he's more of a comedy guy than yeah. the genre that we're doing here tonight. Because I'm not gonna lie to you guys, this isn't really horror. It's more of a supernatural thriller with a yeah. mystery. Um, but. We do everything here, so whatever. Don't judge us. Don't um, fucking judge but us. <laughs> we've, uh, we've, I mean, there's some good people in this movie. There's some really good people in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I also, mean, for those of you that tune in to Stabcast and know that we just got done doing M. Night Shyamalan's Old, one of the actresses in there is actually used in this movie as well. That's the lead, right? Thomas and Mackenzie? Yeah. Eloise. Because she's the da- one of the daughters in Old. She's that Maddox. Yeah, she's Maddox in, in Old. She's the girl that gets out alive. Yeah, she's very good. I like her. I see a lot covered for her, honestly, as a horror actress. I think she's found her niche. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, like she's not a scraper, so definitely not a screen queen. But she's definitely into the whole horror aspect. Yeah, no, she's good, and she was really good in this. Also, you know, Matt Smith kind of gives another. uh, He's definitely having a moment right now. Even I heard he was the only good thing in Morbius. Uh, yeah, Matt, Matt Smith has been. Killing he's hot it. sauce right now. He's hot sauce. He's fucking. He's got that Game of Thrones show coming out. He's in that prequel, House of the Dragon. Uh, yeah, he, he was also in The Crown too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in The Crown for the first two seasons. Yeah, he was really good in The Crown too. Very good. Fucking loved him, and he's a, he's just a great actor. I really and he's good at playing that like handsome good guy, but also like menacing. Like, he kind of played that in the crown, too, with Prince Philip. He's, a, like, very he's really good at being a scumbag. Yeah, he's a really good scumbag. Uh, and and, and also, like, he's the last person you would think of to be a scumbag, too. Yeah, in real life, he seems like a, a jolly old fellow. He seems like a great guy. Well, not even that. He plays Doctor Who. You wouldn't think Doctor Who was a scumbag. No. He was He was weird as Doctor Who. He was, still, he was eccentric, but he wasn't, like... He is now. Of course he was eccentric. He wore a fez on his head. Exactly. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is in this. She she is the Sandy, that well, young Sandy, and she's very mm-hmm. good. Beautiful young girl. Wonderful, yeah, she... gorgeous voice. And also, I think that she as well has a very big future ahead of her. But she's in Queen's Gambit, isn't she? Yes. Yes, she is. She's in a lot of shit, though. She she did the split movies and uh, yeah. Glass and stuff. Yeah, she's very she's very acclaimed British actor. I'm just hoping that she gets more traction over here. 
Yeah, I mean, she's killing it so far. The people fucking love I'd like to see her stay in the scary movie genre, though. That'd be cool. Yeah, I would like to see that for her, just because she's so good at it. Yeah. But um, I do have to say one thing. Go ahead. Guys, if you're a Doctor Who fan like myself, you guys are going to know the reference. So Matt Smith, one time dressed up like a gangster and Dr. Hugh around that, like a, like a rat pack gangster, like kind of like how he plays in this movie. Yeah. And he takes a huge drag off his cigarette like he does in the movie to be cocky and flip something. And he does the same thing. And he starts coughing his brains out, guys, and goes, I don't know how you Americans do this. <laughs> But then he just, but then he went ahead and did it in last night in Soho. Also, quick little quib that I thought was really cool that I don't know if Daniel noticed, but in the beginning when Sandy's dancing with Jack, Daniel, do you know what the name of the song is? No. Hit the road, Jack. Oh. Oh, that's funny. That's a good. That's a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. A bit of foreshadowing. Uh, he also smokes like Absolutely. a chimney in the crowd, too. He, he smokes in a lot of shit. Yeah, I think he actually really does smoke cigarettes now. And, uh, well, the uh, and the other, I mean, there's tons of great actors and actresses in this, but we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the great Diana Rigg, who uh, plays old Sandy. She's been yeah, doing... this is her last role. Yeah, before she died. Yes. Yep. This is the last thing she was in. Well, I wanted to say kudos for her for being so old and getting through a movie like this because she did a really good job. She's been like a legend forever. She's just a fucking, like, she's been doing the damn thing forever, like, since the, like, late 60s, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Before that. Her first known piece of theater was in 1957. Because she's big on Broadway. Okay. Oh, was she? Yeah. Okay. I don't that know makes a lot of sense. Broadway in the UK too. Yeah, uh, they, they, they have a kind of like Broadway in the UK. Yeah. It's different. It's like Broadway. It's like our Broadway, but it's different. Not but Broadway. it's the same. Oh yeah, but she's she, huge. Like Matt she Smith a, actually does shows shows like that. So okay. Yeah, she did a lot of theater though too, and you know a lot of movies. She's been doing the damn thing for a while. She was good in this. At uh, R.I.P. for sure. Yeah, I mean, but I will have to say the excellent role to go out on. Oh, fuck yeah. Between the, I mean, not to give Thrones too much love, but between her role in that and then this, like, she ended it on a damn good note. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. She was, she was great in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. She, she's good at being that old savage lady. Just the, like that old lady that's going to say whatever the fuck. Yep. She's so, life, Daniel, without life. giving a spoiler, would you review? Would you recommend this? I would give this damn near perfect. I'd go nine out of ten. Just because. Well, and well I wasn't I asking for your rating yet. I was asking if you recommended it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I obviously recommend it. I fucking love it. I think it's a great. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I mean. Um, I'll have to. I'll have to say, I would definitely. Definitely recommend it to people, especially if you're in that kind of 
super, and if you're into that kind of like supernatural time travel-y kind of stuff, I, I would definitely recommend it to you. Now, if you're not, and if you just absolutely cannot in, get into slow burns, it's okay. But it's you're not like, going to like it. Just, it really wasn't a slow burn. Well, though. here's the thing. It is, in a way. I think Mindy's right. It is a bit of a slow burn, but I think it's shot so interestingly, and it's shot so well, like you said about the cinematography, that it never seems boring. Right. Because there's always something cool going on, whether it's the story or not. So maybe the the story might be a bit of a slow because it's kind of a mystery. She's figuring it out, everything and right. stuff. But it's all there's so much cool shit that it's never actually really slow to me. But uh, I the only, the only people that I think will not like this movie are the horror fans that just like blood and guts and slashers and stuff, which uh, we are too. But if you yeah, but if you're into like torture porn, like Saw and Hostel and whatnot, then this isn't the movie for you. If you just want to see people die, then this ain't it. No. But if you want a good, you know, thought-provoking, mind-bending story with like that's shot really well with great performances in it, then you're gonna love the movie. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's a slow burn if you really think it's just a horror movie. Yeah, but if you know it's a su- suspense thriller, like thriller, yeah. Then I don't think it, I didn't think it was a slow burn. No, it wasn't slow for me. But uh, all right, well, let's get into the official review. Let's spoil it a little bit. Uh, the the whole premise, and I'm gonna let you break it down a little more here. But the whole premise is that <laughs> Eloise. Well, I mean, I mean, I I could, but I mean, you're the you're the historian. Here. Uh, Eloise. She's a fashion student. She's new to London, and she's uh, she loves the scene. You know, she romanticizes kind of 1960s London, just like a lot of people do. Uh, she yeah, she dreams college. about it. She fantasizes about it. She loves that. Yes, so she loves it. Big fan. Uh, she In the beginning of the movie, she gets kind of dormed up. She's going to fashion school, and her roommate, Jacosta, happens to be a huge bitch. Yeah, can I just say this, guys? I fucking hate Jagasta. Like, there's just some people, guys, that when you're watching a movie, you can't stand. And you just really hope, especially because you know you're watching a horror movie, you just really hope for the moment when they get killed. And, guys, it almost happened, but then it didn't, and it was disappointing. Go ahead, Daniel. Okay, so... That whole thing with Jocasta goes down. Jocasta throws a party, tries to get her drunk and everything the first night. She decides, I don't want to live with these fucking bimbos. So she doesn't well, no, say that. They're, no, because huh? they're assholes. No. They're assholes. She doesn't want to live with them. She was taking a piss and they were making fun of her in the bathroom. So she doesn't want to live with them. So she goes to this place where Mrs. Collins is, which, uh, well, we won't spoil it too. Even though I did, even though technically I said old and young Sandy in the non-spoiler version. So if people really go back and try to, I guess I already ruined it. But uh, Mrs. Collins, she owns her own place, and uh, Eloise is trying to stay there for a little bit, get through school. So you know they agreed to terms. When she goes to sleep at night, 
she's kind of in the perspective of this young lady, Sandy, in the 60s in London. And uh, I'll let you continue from here. Now, I don't know if it's like a dream situation, like a dreamwalking situation, or if it's a time travel situation. I, I'm not sure. A lot of people have a lot of different theories. I so I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but somehow Daniel is right. She does get back to the past. And you don't know within the first couple of minutes that she's there that she's not actually herself. And then yeah. she goes through the doors of Cafe de, per- de Perry, where one of the great from the 60s, Silla Black, is singing. And they ask her she can, if they could take her cloak. And then that's when you realize that Ellie's not Ellie. Ellie is now Sandy. A gorgeous young woman. But she's not actually Sandy. She's just watching it. And yeah. that's why I don't know exactly what to call it, guys. Because sometimes she does manage to get a little bit of control. But yeah, mostly she well, does there. She's definitely there. So that's why I don't know if it's like a flashback either. Because she's there. She's in the window. She's in her perspective. Go ahead, yeah, Sharon. Is, is she just, um, like, is she an em- like a empath? Yes, yeah, empath. Psychic. She is. She is. She so, sees people. Um, so she she's picking up on yeah the history the history of the room and and of Sandy and yeah. she's actually seeing yeah it in her dreams yeah. It's one of those things. I think really she's some know. kind of psychic. Yeah, she is. Like an well, empath or yeah, something. Yeah. I think she does have that psychic asset. Yeah, she is like a... Because her mom her. was too. And then her mom went crazy because she was seeing shit. And that's kind of what yeah. they allude to. And her grandmother's like, you got the gift pretty much. So she, she, Whatever you want, whatever word you want to use, she sees dead people. She's like that one kid. Yeah. Um, uh, Hilly Joe Osment, Daniel. Yeah, he's fat now. I saw a picture of him recently. Uh, <laughs> um, but that, yeah, but um, so go ahead. I would definitely, I would definitely say that one of the most frustrating parts of the movie is something Daniel already kind of went over, which is that she's in the dorm. You guys don't don't understand. These girls are bitches. But they are crude. They're hardcore bitches. Imagine the nastiest bitch that you can. And there you go. You got your pasta. That's kind of like Mean Girls. A bit. Exactly. You have your clique with the one chick that's in charge. Well, and Eloise is considered, like, weird. I mean, like, if you put that character in a normal high school, she's going to have a hard time. Yeah. Like, it's just that, like, she's got an old soul. She's yeah. the, And that's how she's written. She's She's got an old soul. She likes the 60s. She likes old shit. And she's kind of weird. She's short. She's not, like, you know. She makes her own clothes. Yeah. She doesn't have the, you know, all the attributes that the popular girls have. So, 
And that's why it's even more like when she gets to go to sleep and she's kind of in this world. And she's in this world with this beautiful woman. And she's kind of in the perspective of this beautiful young woman. And, you know, she kind of gets taken away by it and kind of succumbs to it. But the other and Taylor is, Joy, if anybody that knows you that is watching this or anyone that by any chance knows how to get a hold of her or if she's listening to this or other streams come true, just go on a date with him. Oh, my God, I'd have a heart attack. You could if I have to hear a... any more, if I have to hear any more about how much she loves you and how gorgeous you are, I will die. If I went on a date with her the next day, you could shoot me in the fucking head and I would be fine. <laughs> I would die a happy man. She is one of the most stunning exactly. women She's I've She's not exaggerating. Yeah. She's beautiful. I like the way her eyes look. She, that's what a lot of people say. They like her eyes. She's got a cute face. And then but one I, pack of LNF 100. She's great. So, yeah, basically. But, so, like, but like I was saying, these girls are just ruthless. And you find out very, very soon, very, very soon, that... Um, she isn't standing for it, and she's not going to like live with them and whatnot. She separates herself from the situation. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of her. And I understand it being a bit annoying to you, but it's also like ten minutes of the movie. I mean, Jocasta shows up a lot more, but she's also she's a I minor. I just wanted to punch her in the face. Yeah, no, I agree. But, I, just, I really did. I wanted something to happen to her. But basically, to finish off the plot for, for people, well, the summary at least, uh, she, meets, okay. she meets a young man named Jack who seems to be like a club owner. Sandy or does. Promoter. Sandy does. When, when Eloise is in that kind of like at night when she's kind of in the perspective of Sandy or in the mirror watching Sandy, uh, Sandy meets a man by the name of Jack, Matt Smith, Dr. Who. Uh, and he seems like a club owner or a manager or something. They never really tell you. She can tell he's a manager. Yeah, he's a manager. We kind of assume. Like she you know, goes to the bar to see what's going on, and he tells her if he wants, uh, the bartender tells her that if she really wants to make it, then she better go talk to Jack because yeah. he's the manager. Exactly. She talks to Jack. Uh, they end up getting in like a really big relationship. He promises instant connection. Instant connection. He promises he's gonna help her. He's gonna make her the next big star. He's selling her every dream in the world. She's buying everything. And she's falling for it. She's falling for it. She loves it. And uh, yeah, he's making her feel beautiful. She soon finds out that Jack is a pimp. Pretty much, <laughs> and she—I don't know if he's got multiple girls. They never really got into that, but he at least is her. Oh, pimp. she does. You didn't see that. Well, I, you didn't I see saw, that. No, I never. I mean, during I saw one other of the one, during one of the scenes, during one of the scenes where he has her off doing his bidding, he's making out with a completely different chick. Oh yeah, but does that mean that she's fucking for him? I mean, they don't like state that. Like, it's the sixties. Well, yeah, but you're also left to assume it doesn't. They don't outwardly say this man has ten prostitutes under him. That's all I'm saying. Maybe it's implied. And, and he, he was making. I would think it would be implied when when 
it's known that he does it with a lot of girls. Well, yeah, I guess so. Because they see that a lot. He's a pimp. So he's a, they usually don't just stop at one. So Jack is her pimp. And basically that's the rest of the movie. Her figuring it out. Well, not figuring it out, but her dealing with it, her fucking hating her life, and basically... Oh, no, no, you're missing a big part. She didn't realize it at first. She didn't know, guys. She had no idea. And she went for her audition a couple days after meeting Jack. She goes for an audition that Jack sets up for. She sings in a beautiful rendition of the song Downtown. Really beautiful. And then... You figure she's got the job, and she does. Well, it's not the job that everyone thinks that it is, uh, at least not what everyone in the audience plus herself was thinking. Um, like Daniel said, she became a hoe, and Jack was her pit, basically. But what I'm saying is the first performance you could really see in her eyes that she was trying so hard not to cry. Oh, yeah. Well, and i got to give kudos to the actress because yeah. that's really hard to do. Because she signed up to be a showgirl, basically, and that was her realizing it. And yeah. one, of this, one of these things, not only the prostitution and everything, but one of these things, the things that this movie does better than most other movies that has ever came out, is that it takes a period of time that's romanticized and it breaks it down. And it shows you that it's not that beautiful and stunning. Just like when people talk about like America in the 19, like 40s or 20s, there was like war and famine and people were poor, but it's just like these periods that were romanticized, just like 1960s London and the club scene and the, all the beautiful women and the handsome dapper men. But there was a lot of fun. Yeah, and people don't understand. Soho was a very dangerous, very fucked up place yeah. in the 60s. Like, I did a lot of research for this movie, guys, and oh my god. Exactly. Like, I had to turn my phone off, and we all know that that's bad. It is. It's just, it's like, like, it wasn't, it's not even like LA, like the red light district there, like, it was it's literally like people get murdered, people get named, people get butchered, hoes, pimps. Exactly. It was huge. And it's just really real in this movie. I loved, I loved the fact that they did that in this yeah. film. They did it really well. That's like one of the main things it has going for it is that it took a period of time that's romanticized and it's tell, telling you that, no, it's not as beautiful and sunshine and rainbows as, as it seems. It's actually pretty fucking dark. And I, I think that's like, what if it's if this movie succeeds at anything, it's that. And you might yeah. still want to go there after because it still looks cool. So you right. might still, oh, I would still love it. But like, you definitely have some second opinions on it. And, and you're definitely not going to be like, oh, well, I want to be a singer now. And the the thought of getting, having a dream, achieving that, or seeming like you're going to achieve that dream, and then it's not being everything that you thought it was, is a very real emotion. Not always this fucking exaggerated, but it's 
a very real emotion, and it's very uh, people go through it all the time. Every single person has gone through that emotion at least once. And yeah, one absolutely. Thing Anya, and she did it beautifully. Beautifully, she does. She nails the perform of a young girl just like thinking she owns the world, and then like fucking like shit going so sour so quick. Like her face just made it in its own. Her reacting to it, and it, was it wasn't like, oh, even her know? face. Face. It was her eyes. It was her eyes. Yeah. You could just see the same. Well, her eyes just showed, like, please give me a loaded shotgun, and I will gladly take my life on this stage. Yeah. And just like that, and the scene where where it's really getting kind of nailed home that she's a prostitute, that she's going to start doing this, when she's taking the shots with the guy, and, and they're asking, what's your name? Sandy. Oh, that's a beautiful name. Or is she, is she not saying Sandy? She says something else, doesn't she? Well, she uses She Sandy. says, no, she says, eat Sandy. Andy, Lexi, Alexia, Lexia, and Alexandra. Yeah, and then every time the creepy guys are going, that's a beautiful name. Uh, And each time they do that, she seems a little more like, fuck this. You know, like, they they did a really good job at that. That scene in particular, because, like, you just slowly saw her losing her way and just, like, hating life and just being so like like this sucks you know (laughs) but also there was a real story there too because that's where she met the cop there was uh who comes into eloise's life and she thinks he's a pervert and she actually for a really long time thinks he's jack and she's going crazy out of her mind, pretty much, trying to prove that he's a murderer and he's a bad guy. All the while, I mean, I'm sorry, she works at a pub. No one had, no one told her she he used to be a policeman. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody would have told her that. He was, and that guy was... Kelsey, right? Is that his name, or am I getting it wrong? Yes, his name ended up being Kelsey. But she thought he was Jack the whole no, time. No, sorry, not Kelsey. Lindsay. 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 I knew it was kind of a chick name, but it could be used as a guy's name or something like that. Okay, Lindsay. Yeah, Detective Lindsay. And he only showed up for like a second in that, and then he was like, you gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, you're better than this. Yes. Exactly, but then when he starts peering through Eloise's life, you don't really, like Daniel said, you don't really notice the difference because you only saw him for a couple minutes. It isn't until they're one-on-one and he says, you'll find that Andy killed Sandy. Now, back in the beginning, when she was having all this champagne being bought for her, one of the names she came up with was Andy. Yeah. And when she did that, she was pretty sure that she was talking to a copper, which she was. And Eloise found that copper. Unbeknownst to her. And she thought that he was Jack and he was trying to explain to her, like, no, I'm not. And even leaving her place of business where she was working so he could get away from her. And, I mean, she, she makes it be run down. I felt bad for the poor bastard. <laughs> no, but, yeah, he was a little creepy. 
Yeah, he was very creepy. I mean, when she came to confront him, though, later, uh, I knew that it wasn't him. And, he, like, I just knew it wasn't him. Oh, not in theaters, though. Actually, in theaters, I was like, eh, it could be. They, they played the mystery so well. And they played, like, you thought it could have been, that could have been Jack the whole time. He was very mysterious. Yeah. He just kept popping out. He was very creepy. Uh, but it ended up being the cop. And it wasn't until she had blood in her guys that he actually noticed her, too. Which That's was true. even more weird. It wasn't until she dyed her hair like Sandy that he was like, wait a minute, who are you? And it was like, oh, it was the guy that you saw for like three seconds in the movie. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, in the beginning, it is kind of a slow burn. You do got to, and what I mean by that is you have to remember everything. We do got to talk about John, because that's a loyal oh, absolutely. motherfucker. Like, this chick is going crazy, and he just has her back for no reason. I know. What a G. Oh, boyfriend, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a gentleman. Way a huge gentleman. He was just the sweetest dude ever, you know. And fucking like when she tried to stab Jacasa, she's like, "It's okay, it's okay." Jacasa's like, "It's not fucking okay." <laughs> I mean, Jacasa's actually probably the right one in that situation. Right. No, it's not. She just tried to stab me with scissors, dog. I don't care how much of a bitch I am. It is not fucking okay. No. I liked that part. That part was funny. I really thought she was gonna deck her. <laughs> But she didn't. Um, but yeah, John. John was a bro. Uh, he really he saw something in Ellie that he really really liked. And as much as she pulled away from him, he kept going. Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of like one of those dogs that are humping your leg and won't stop. <laughs> you kind of just wouldn't stop humping her leg. That's good. Uh. Yeah, and it, but he was around though. He had her back. He for the whole time, you know, he showed up. Oh, at absolutely. The end. He was a good dude, and even Sandy was like, "Save the boy, get the fuck out of here." Yeah, because what you guys know now, what we haven't told you is, when they go to a Halloween party, they come back to make to clap some cheeks, you know, get some meekities, <laughs> and as that's happening. She looks up in her mirror, and she sees Jack and Sandy, and she sees that they're in a struggle with a knife, or scissors, I believe, and she's really creeped out, and she starts screaming, like, get off her, get off her, and, like, John, I felt so bad for him. He's He has no idea what's going on, he's sitting on the other side of the bed, and he's like, I'm off of her. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. And, like, finally, to just have all that come to a head, and he still comes back. And he's just like, oh, well, my aunt thinks she can see ghosts, so you're not the craziest one I've ever ran into. Yeah, which is fucking nuts, because it's like, bro, she took you home and then fucking freaked out on you. Like, you have no, like, you have every She threw you through a beer. But he had her back. He did look creepy in that skeleton makeup, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, I thought he could be the bad guy the whole time because he seemed a little menacing, too. Well, when you first see him, I thought he was the homeless guy on the street. Exactly. That's true. I thought so, too. 
That his, I thought it was like, a hobo. The faces he was making throughout, like, there was a couple times I felt like they kind of made him look intentionally creepy. Yeah. Just to be like, oh, well, like, he could have something to do with this. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't, and he was, like, good and true the whole time, which is cool. Uh, and I, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed this film a lot. Uh, the one big thing we got to get into uh, before we go is the finale and the, the big reveal at the end. So I'm going to let you do that. All right. I'm so excited for this. All right, guys. So Ellie finally reaches to a point where she can't take it anymore. She can't live there anymore. As she, she can't be in London anymore. Wherever she looks, she's seeing Sandy and she's seeing Jack and she's now Sandy's covered in blood, and now all of a sudden she starts seeing all these other dudes with no faces. Yep. And it freaks her out even more, and she's like, oh my god, get me out of here now. And she ends up running into John, and John tells her that he'll take her back. And she's like, seriously? And he's like, how else do you think I get from South London to North London every day? Because she didn't realize he had a car. And so he's in the process of taking her back to Mrs. Collins. And she tells him, like, give me 15 minutes. If I'm not out, come check on. And he actually listened to her. Which is a rarity. But the big climax of the film is when Miss Collins lets Eloise in and pours her glass of tea and calmly tells Eloise that she has a piece of her mail. Eloise is going through the mail. And as you see it, if you look really, really, really closely, you can see Miss Alexandra Collins. On the letters. So then, as the viewer, you now know, oh, shit. Jack didn't die. Well, like, she didn't die. Who died? I I think we got that wrong earlier, because that, the, 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 Lindsay, he said Alex killed Sam. Yeah. Right? He he said, you have to check with Alex. Yeah. Or or something like that. Okay, sorry, Alex. Sorry, I I apologize, guys. She used a lot of names in this film. Yeah, and it it's a beautiful, beautiful couple of ending scenes. I will have to say. Um, So basically, all shit breaks loose. Miss Collins tells her everything, and tells her basically like, look, like Jack took my life and made me live in hell, so I took his. And it's funny because it's one of those reveals to where since Eloise has been through, like, she basically stepped in her shoes. Right. So Eloise the whole time is like, no, dude, you're good. Like, I'm cool that you killed these people. Like, right. Just let I, me go. We're I good. I saw what you went through. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Eloise is like, fuck it. I ain't telling shit. They're like, we can, we can ride the, the wheels fall off. <laughs> She's like, I don't give a fuck who you killed. And then she and, finds out that the tea's drugged and she drops it at just the right moment. Because yeah. if she would have kept drinking that tea, she would have been fucked. Well, that was my only thing. Why didn't the tea kill her? But is it just because she took a little sip and that's why she was starting to doze? It's only because she, she took two sips. Okay. That's, that's why, what I figured, that's why Miss I Collins is being so persistent on making her drink it. Mm-hmm. 
she says it a few times. And they just did Mrs. Collins so well, and Diana Rigg, who played it so well, that she was in. She was not in the movie just enough yes. to where you didn't think that this was going to happen. Because on first watch, like in the theaters, I know you're an expert on this, but you and me both had no fucking clue. Like, you figured it out once she got in the room with the old lady. But, like, the whole 90% of the movie, I didn't think, oh, it's the landlord. I'd never... Oh, absolutely not. I asked, so, so basically, guys, what she saw go on in the bedroom was not exactly what happened. So when Jack and Sandy have their big fight on the bed, Sandy does bleed, but however, it's just her hand because she grabs the blade with the palm of her hand, gets the knife away from him, and stabs his ass a hundred times. That's funny. But, I mean, shit. Yeah. Sandy was fucking going after this bitch, too. I mean... Once she started killing, she didn't give a fuck. Because, I mean, obviously they showed the montage about how she kills all the other motherfuckers. And then she, you know... Yeah, and she said she blurred their faces. So that's yeah, why when yeah, Eloise is seeing these you know, men... They make out their faces. Which then makes sense yeah. as to why... Their faces were blank. Eloise never saw their faces. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it wasn't in say, Sandy's memory. The one thing I will say... And I'm not going to, like, it's not like a legitimate gripe. It's just like a nitpicky thing. Because, like, honestly, I don't find anything else wrong with this movie. I think it's almost a perfect film. But I didn't need the the ghost guys to be like, killer, help us. Right. Like, I didn't need that. Like, don't fucking make those guys, like, justify them a little bit. They're just fucking, like, I understand it. I mean, yeah. They were. were I mean, it was a purpose. There was a purpose for it. But I think it should have been more of a them coming around Mrs. Collins as she's starting to burn kind of thing. Yeah, maybe that would have been a little more dark, actually. I don't know about that either. They, like, huddled but, around her. Yeah. That would have been um, great. I mean, that would have been good. But I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, but the intention was there. I mean, we do know why it happened. It's because she buried their asses in the floorboards. Yeah. So when she ran up there to get uh, sanctuary, they were in the floorboards. They were. So. Now, um, it, it sucks. My I mean, favorite. Is... Huh? Go ahead. I was going to say my favorite part has to be towards the end when they're doing the back and forth between Miss Collins and Sandy. And she's doing the Scylla Black song um, that you hear in the beginning when she goes in the Cafe de Puri because it's actually her singing it at that point. And, um, like, you hear the announcer and stuff, and it goes in between her and Miss Collins, like, going upstairs and whatnot. Like, what amazing, amazing cinematography that was. And the effects. It was amazing. I, especially when she hit the stairs with the knife and, like, Eloise saw the stairs breaking as if they were glass. Yep. And it's just, it was it was great. It was, 
it was wonderful, honestly. That was probably my favorite part was when they're on the stairs. Yeah, that was it was a really good part. I I I really enjoyed. I mean, all the cinematography in this is really it was a really well shot movie, and the the crazy the, like that's why I said it was ne- it never got boring either because there's always something cool that they're doing with the direction. And, you know, Edgar Wright is obviously pretty good at this, but it just like from her being in the mirror in the beginning and like you kind of walking and seeing like that stuff was cool to me. Uh, but the, that scene, yeah. absolutely. When she's drifting from uh, old Sandy to young Sandy. Uh, I just thought I, that was so cool. The way that they had the stairs and, John coming up from the fire and yelling towards her, and I just I thought that was really cool. Yeah, one of my favorite shots in the movie though is when Eloise is running down, the, like she runs out of the club, and she's running to like the the back to the house, like back through the alleyway, and Matt Smith is just standing there smoking a cigarette, and he's just so like imposing looking. Yeah, he's so menacing. Like he's just so good at being like not only a scumbag, but it's like this guy could really fucking kill you. Like, they, they, like he just seemed like the worst person ever. And he's so good he at playing. He has like a mobster mentality. Yeah, he's got that angry look about him, but he's still cool and slick. Right. It's just he he's so good. He's very yeah, smooth, smooth as hell. He was Even definitely meant for that era. Yeah, for sure. He 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 looks like it. He's always good at period pieces for right. some reason. But like it really, it, it was like he was meant here. He was so good. It sucks that uh, the movie didn't make that much money. But it's also like people are just starting to go to the movies again. Right. Yeah, it was like one of the first movies that came out after COVID. Yeah. That actually came out in theaters. So like, I mean. It couldn't really have been expected to do well, honestly. Yeah, it still made twenty three million. I mean, the budget was forty three, so they lost money. But at least they still made. They did lose money. Okay. Yeah, they lost. They lost money, but you know, it's a good flick. They can't all you know make a shit ton of money. Sometimes the best ones don't. So. Exactly. It very well could be a cult classic a few years down the road. I think it already is. I mean, it's gotten praised. It, like, it, it has gotten huge praise, especially for its production design and shit. But, uh... Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, it's just... It's a beautiful period piece. For sure. Even if you take the horror and the supernatural and everything out of it, it's just... It's a beautiful horror piece. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to give this film a rating, Mindy? I would definitely have to go ahead and give it a nine. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, it does lose a little bit of points for me, but that's just for some nitpicky stuff, honestly. And that's just because that's my job. Yeah. But I would, I would have to give it a nine. I can't give it any lower. No, I can't either because I have trouble finding nitpicks on this one. Yeah, there's like everything felt right to me. It felt like one of like a perfect movie almost. Like I almost want to give it a ten, but I'd say a nine too because you know it's not the. I mean, but it is one of the best things. I don't. I don't know. It's a. It's a hard one because it's so different, especially in horror. 
Uh, it's it, or thriller or whatever the Absolutely. hell you want. Absolutely, like you're talking about elevated horror and everything. This definitely was an elevated horror. Oh piece. yeah, yeah. Sure. and the way they shot it, like the first time that Eloise is dreaming that she's Sandy, you see Sandy walking down the stair the stairway as mirrors along the wall. Yeah, and Eloise. Is and as there. Sandy's walking down the stairway, you see Sandy on the stairs, but you see. Eloise in the mirror. Yeah. So the way they did that, it was just phenomenal. It was. It was. Absolutely. Uh, And it was nice. We got to, of course, say at the end here, uh, how her mom kind of looks at her in that mirror. Yeah, she sees her mother in the mirror. And her mom kind of gives her a nod like you're doing good. Well, I think a big part of that storytelling was is that you didn't see the mom the chunk of the film so for her then to come back the audience or myself were kind of like all right well then nothing's getting in her mom's way because that's why her mother wasn't able to communicate or she wasn't able to communicate with her mother while she was in london at first because there were too many spirits coming at her oh i mean yeah I guess you could take it that way. I kind of the more mother couldn't get through. I kind of more took it as she was kind of lost when she got there. Yeah. And then she kind of found herself and figured everything out. And so then her mom's like, "Good job." But I mean, either either way, it was a nice, it was a cute scene. And then uh, Sandy kind of blowing her a kiss. That was it. Was really yeah. Cool. That was weird. No, but I'm glad. I mean, I mean it, it was, was cool. it was cute. Yeah, they had kind of gone on a journey together. But the way she touched the mirror is the way Sandy did it at the very the first time she saw Sandy. At the beginning, yeah. Uh, oh, the back. She loved it. This is a great movie. I, I knew you would like it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, yeah, I give it a 9 out of 10. You give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, why don't you tell the people what we're doing next week, Mindy? So next week, guys, we're going to take a little bit of a darker turn, and we're going to go out and do the movie You're Next. Uh, 2013 film, I believe. Um, I believe we should be able to find it on Netflix. If not, I'll find it somehow. Um, but if you guys want to keep up on it and whatnot, go ahead and watch it on Netflix or any other way you can find it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and review this little gem. Um, I really... I'm looking forward to it. I really, really, really like this movie. Because, yeah. again, it's another one with a really good twist. Absolutely. And we are going to get into that next week. Uh, make sure to check out everything on uh, the Everything Unscripted Network. Check out Scary Cats. Uh, not Scary Cats. We're done with that bullshit. Check out the fucking Stab Cast on TikTok and Facebook. Where uh, me and Mindy be posting memes and stuff on Facebook, and uh, Mindy does and a lot of Facebook is horror. also where we post a lot of our news to you guys. News, yeah, a lot of news clips. Anything we see that's cool and horror related, it usually goes on there. So check that out, and check out the TikTok for Mindy. Uh, to, she reviews movies, she recommends movies, uh, she even, you know, uh, busts a jiggy. I drop it like it's hot every once in a while. Yeah. She may may or may not bust a move. So, 
with all that being said, I think we're gonna head home here, Mindy. Any final thoughts or and no, uh, I think I think we covered it. I think we I I would definitely say we definitely covered it. Okay. Last night in Soho, it was a very good time and uh I will see you next week, Mindy. This was the stabcast. All right. Hootie who guys. Thanks. Right.